Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. Super Bowl, where the Chiefs, obviously in a hard-fought game, managed to overcome the Eagles. And another week of us waiting with bated breath on the news of one of these big-name QBs being traded for or signed onto their new team. But besides that, we've also come to the official date that players can begin to be franchise tagged, which has some serious implications for players like Danny Dimes and Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, some big names there. Franchise tags being not out of the question for any of them. So it'll be interesting to see which of these teams are able to retain their talent, which of these guys gets a a brand new shiny deal, and who's going to be in new colors come the start of the season in this year, 2023. This week, we'll get into a little bit of that, along with some additional closing thoughts on all the coach changes that we've seen this offseason. We'll be doing so with my good buddy, Evan, or EP Low on Sleeper, as well as a new guest, To the RPG pod, we are going to have a little chat with the illustrious dad bod god, as uh, as you are probably familiar with uh, from his sleeper ID. But uh, I also know him as Frank, and he's been an RPG staple since the very beginning. So I'm really excited to sit down and have a chat with him, see what's on his mind, see what's interesting to him right now with all of this kind of off-season rumbly non-substance news and see if he has any uh interesting takes so it'll be fun to uh have the conversation but before we get into the swing of things uh i want to quickly let everyone know that our rpg nation discord is starting to pop um we have some really Awesome folks in there who have all gathered. Uh, we're sharing, we're sharing memes and animal photos and and all kinds of fun things. But besides that, we also just ended our first contest uh, officially. Besides the bold take one that we had last year, we had a playoff bracket, Super Bowl uh, prediction bracket, which Evan managed to uh, take home this year, narrowly beating out uh, Frank or Dad Pod God. So 
all of that to say our discord is coming along and if you haven't joined yet I would super, super appreciate you coming in and checking it out because I think it's a really nice way for us to just continue to build this this neat little community that we have going here. And as always, the link to join the Discord will be in the episode description. But that's all the arm twisting I'll do. I'm sure everyone is looking forward to the podcast, so we will take it to that sweet anchor ad <laughs> that I know it's uh, I know it's everyone's favorite to uh, listen to this this really fun ad that I, I put together. So uh, I appreciate everyone stopping by once again, as always. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. What's up, man? Uh, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, we were a little dangerous living on the edge. My wife did a Costco trip. I don't know if you guys got out on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, we sure do. She just got back. Kids are being read to, so I'm free. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I talked a little bit about Costco, actually, on the last episode because I, uh, I went there last weekend with my wife, and it's always a really tricky place to go to especially when i need alcohol because you just you buy it in bulk and then i just have too much yeah. alcohol in the house <laughs> um their the, the food is like uh unreal there like the food court food mm -hmm. i spend like eight dollars and get like a full-on <laughs> dinner or lunch or whatever yeah that's that's my go-to if any uh if anyone ever needs like pizza like to pick up for a party or anything i'm just getting like two costco pizzas for like 20 bucks can't beat it man yeah now it's it's a good deal, uh, but excited to have you on, man. Should be a should be a good time. I think Evan's probably running a little late. I know he's just getting off work here, but uh, I thought you know we could get it, we could get going a little bit. Just uh, talk and ease into it. I like to start these out with just kind of a you know talk between two two friends. See if there's anything fun going on uh, on on your side of things. Anything you're looking forward to um so yeah do you you got anything coming up here anything fun that you're planning to do um for like fantasy or just like anything in general well just in general like anything that you're excited to talk about really um well let's see just had a uh nice five-day weekend uh not excited to go back to work um but yeah uh but that's that's inevitable um, was that a president's day weekend for you kind of thing or yeah we had a couple days off last week and then monday off um and i'm a teacher so we're like back back in session now but yeah um anything else not really much going on um you know winter it's hard to do things other than start new fantasy leagues <laughs> and yeah, i um, i hear you there yeah oh, here we go it looks like we got evan in the house nice Hey, what's up, buddy? Can you hear me? I left my other headphones at work, so I got my gym I, headphones in. I see you're rocking them. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right, good. I I forget, Ed, Evan Frank. Have you ever like actually met each other like 
I don't, I don't think anything? we've met actually. Yeah. No. Awesome. And then, well, yeah. uh, con- congrats. You just both met a cool person. Right. First time. Uh, Let's we're go. in probably half a dozen leagues together though. So. Oh yeah. There's plenty, plenty to go around, you know, we should do one like mega zoom for like at least the first round of the draft or something. No, I, I was just thinking about that. Actually, I'm I'm definitely going to put a Zoom link uh, and and like get that posted up so people are are well aware in advance and try to get as many people going as possible. I don't know if it's going to be a super fun. Like, I don't know if it could be a podcast with so many people talking, but I would love to just hang out with everyone and like watch the first round. That sounds like a super fun idea. You know what? Re- record it and then just get rid of it if it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that there should be a way within Discord to set up like a stages almost. And you should be able to do like a video stream portion for the yeah. stage. Um, mm-hmm. So that might be one way. And then you can give me, you and Eric, and we could be the three up. And if we want to invite someone up to kind of talk and hang out, we can invite them up and then send them back to the crowd. That's a good idea. I'll I'll definitely look into that. That sounds really good. But yeah, awesome. So I was just actually saying I, I do like these little two or three minute intros before the pod, before everyone gets here, just kind of rambling to myself. But I was I was kind of trying to introduce you, Frank, and I mentioned, but I, I think it is true that are you in like almost every single RPG league besides the one that we started like this year? Nope. The one that I've been um, shunned in is uh, the Druids League. Oh, uh, that's right. That's okay. And it and there was an opening, and I'm not gonna get too mad about it, but there was an <laughs> opening. And I was I was like a day too late, and you're like, ah, oh, we already filled it. I was like, damn, you know. Gotcha. Well, I think it's between you and Donnie then for person that's in the most uh RPG leagues, which is pretty fun considering both of you guys are like day one members. So day, that's awesome. Day one degenerates. That's what we yeah. are, you know. Yep. But cool. So yeah, uh you were just saying like, you know, you don't have much coming up because it's a, like winter time uh, and then you're getting back to uh, school. Evan, you used to teach too, right? Yeah, I used to teach in college. That's right. Yeah, a bunch of college college students. Two teachers <laughs> here. That's funny. Uh, maybe you guys can well, teach me I'm something. A up, I'm a washed up teacher now. I don't teach anymore. Gotcha. So you think Frank has, has the one up on you there? Well, I mean, it's also a little bit different, you know, teaching college kids is a whole different animal. They're they're the ones paying for it. So if they don't want to show up, then they don't show up and you don't cater to them. So that is like some mighty responsibility, Frank, like molding the young minds and just having to deal like you have your own kids, but then you have to deal with other people's kids, which just sounds like terrifying to me. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, they want to come to you and just, uh, kind of share all their uh all their happenings and problems and everything with you and it's both fun and overwhelming at times but mm-hmm. you know to me that's that's the biggest thing about being a teacher is just being uh, being there for the kids and uh listening to them and you know um you know the, the teaching the content stuff is is almost like secondary but it's a good job i've been doing it for a long time now and uh basically got lucky right out of college getting a job and been doing that pretty much my entire career it sounds like you like are dealing with the consequences of specifically being a good teacher because you mentioned like listening to your students and stuff and that's probably why they come to you and want to like tell you all their problems which can be annoying <laughs> but it, so- it sounds like that's because you're doing a pretty good job it's fine my, my bottom line i always tell them is enjoy 
enjoy this moment, you know, <laughs> enjoy high school, enjoy college. Um, because once you become an adult, uh, you know, the problems are all magnified. So enjoy these days now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. I, I wish that I had a teacher like that, uh, telling me that in high school and stuff for sure. I, uh, I wasted a lot of my time, unfortunately, but I try to make up for it now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, Evan, you, you kind of joined late. Um, we were just, you know, kind of getting into things. Is there anything that you are kind of stoked on? Want to talk about it all? No, not really. We watched the last of us last night. So I was pretty excited. Oh, yeah, about don't, that. don't, don't tell me I haven't seen it yet. <sighs> Evan and I have been, Evan and I have been doing like little last of us recaps. And this is, I think the first episodes that I'm not caught up yet. So we can't really get into it, but, um, Shame on you. yeah, what a show though. <laughs> what a show. It's tough, man. I, uh, I really wanted to watch it Sunday night, but my wife has to wake up so early on Monday morning that it got around to it. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, can we can we put it on? She's like, dude, I'm going to be so exhausted. There's just no way. I'm like, ah, yeah. OK, I'll wait for you, I guess, because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife, uh, she, she could do without the uh, the horror zombies, mm. all that stuff. Although she says she likes this one more than The Walking Dead because the uh, there's not too much of that uh like the nasty monster sounds you know mm -hmm. i don't know if you watch walking dead but it was like yeah you know, just the constant growling of the zombies she's like i i just can't do it and i, don't I also think there's oh, that much of that in in this show they, they do the clicking sound which to <laughs> yeah, me is clicking, isn't yeah. as gross of a sound even though it is like gross how like what it actually is if you want to get into it but it's more of just like a like a cool sound to me or like uh an interesting sound rather than like the uh the gross wet like nasty zombie <laughs> noises yeah yeah i definitely appreciate the lack of like it doesn't seem to do as many jump scares or just like sudden like things as like the walking dead did as far as i remember um i actually never finished walking dead i'm not sure if it's actually worth going back but i stopped after they killed glenn dude that that's when i stopped too i stopped okay. maybe like two episodes after that i was yeah, remember they were doing like the mid-season finales mm -hmm. i'm sorry but like that 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 lost me i i didn't come back after that and then i just kind of moved on they just kept like trying to stretch it as much as possible and like milk it for all of it that it was worth and it ended up yeah like i just i just lost interest like i was tired of waiting around for seasons to come out and then like when they killed Glenn, but didn't kill Glenn, then killed Glenn. I was just like, no, this is just like it, it is bad writing. I don't want to watch this yeah. anymore. Wasn't it's a profit? That. It's a profit margin thing for them. I mean, they're making tons of money off of it, so why not stretch it out? Even if you know there's a bunch of plot holes, even if they're just stringing it along. I was really surprised to hear that it just ended like last year, or like the year before, yeah. or something. Like I, yep. I, that was crazy when I learned I, that. I, I watched. I watched it all the way through. So I finished I finished it when it came on Netflix, like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Gotcha. Oh, so you you weren't you were you watching it like from day one when it came out? Yeah. So I was I, no, I remember when like it was just starting and I remember like tuning, tuning, tuning in yeah. to AMC. No, this is like before like right. actual season one, like as it was coming out. I, I remember when it came out and I was excited because I had read the comics. And I was like, oh, this, yeah, interesting. But yeah, it ended up being like the biggest show, like next to Game of Thrones on like a non-subscription service. Uh, it was definitely like the biggest name in the game for a while. Kind of like uh, Saquon Barkley was the biggest name for a while as a 
as a fantasy RB, if we just want to transition and get on into it. Um, uh, I have the first note on here, just Barkley on the move, because I've been getting, you know, kind of conflicting news reports. You know, the Giants want to resign him. They might franchise tag him. I just saw one today that was basically saying like writings on the wall. Barkley is out of here, um, which is interesting to me just in terms of where can he go? So I thought we could talk a little bit about potential spots or if you guys think that it's kind of smoke and no fire, if he will be a, a giant on the tag or something like that. Just want to see if you guys have a read because I, I definitely think there are some spots that he could go that would be very fun, but not sure how feasible it is. It looks like Jones is going to get the uh, the franchise tag. Um, I can't believe that that one report that said he was looking to make somewhere around 45 million a year. Um, Not sure what, I mean, you know, you really want to get your quarterback. I I get that, but you know, this was the best year of his career uh, by far. Um, And I don't know if one year does it. So um, I understand, you know, them wanting to give him the franchise tag. And if they do that, that means Barkley isn't going to be getting it. Um, I think he turned down something like 12 million earlier in the year. So I don't know what he's hoping to get, maybe 15 plus. Um, I know he had a high, you know, he was high draft pick when he was taken in the, what was it, 20, 2018, 17? What year was it? I think he? that's one of those years. 20, 2018 sounds right. Yeah. Cause they, they didn't, they didn't take his fifth, fifth option, fifth year option. So, right. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I could see them, you know, com- working with him, compromising. I mean, he, he's a great fit there. Uh, they know how to use him. I think Dable's done a really good job, um, with, with that, uh, kind of, kind of putrid offense that they had from last year. Um, but yeah, definitely looks like there's a few other teams. I think one team that would kind of be sneaky interesting to sign him would be if the bears let montgomery walk and they put some money into saquon um thinking that he can be that piece that really puts um fields you know to that next level he might he might have the talent to uh like overcome the o-line maybe (laughs) yeah well you know i mean we also got to see what the bears do with that number one pick Mm -hmm. because i don't think they're standing pat i don't think they're gonna um take that pick um you know they'll probably trade back and get some more draft capital too um and i don't think they're going to trade justin fields either i think they would be wise to keep him um but yeah saquon in chicago would be pretty interesting for me yeah yeah that is interesting it's not one i thought of um but given that montgomery is also kind of uh up for either extension or or walking away here it might not be a bad call. Um, I I kind of like that. Uh, what what about you, Evan? I I see it in your eyes. You want to say the Eagles, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, of, of of course, I would love to see him on the Eagles. Do I think it's realistic? Do I think how he's actually going to spend on a running back? No. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I kind of shoot that dream down. The team that I mean is an absolute honey spot landing for him is Miami, but Miami doesn't have the cap to go sign him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already. 15 to 20 million over the cap for this coming season. They don't have many contracts that they can cut uh, to pick up a sizable amount of cap savings. So that kind of nixes that option. 
Um, which makes me wonder, you know, does he really end up going back to New York? I mean, the bridges seem to be kind of burned. Um, looking at the the other landing spots, I mean, there isn't really a ton of good spots um, that you could really see him going. I mean, you start going down the list, Arizona, I mean, it's a shambles of a franchise right now. Atlanta, I mean, Algiers stepped up. Uh, Buffalo, I mean, Singletary's a free agent right now. I mean, they just drafted Cook. Maybe you invest in that, but then you have the issue of Josh Allen's contract hitting this year and the cap hit mm-hmm. going with that. Carolina, I mean, maybe you sign him and think that he's your new Christian McCaffrey, thinking that that offense is doing something. I mean, they put together a heck of a coaching staff down there. That's for sure. That that would be wild to send McCaffrey away and then bring in Barkley the next season. It would be be absolutely wild. Um, I don't think he's going to Cincinnati. I think we can can nix that. I mean, I think there's rumors of Mixon getting cut, but I still don't you can think that's going to be that. the case. <laughs> that was. Uh, I'll cut that out. <laughs> Come on, your dad Forget jokes got to be better yeah. than that, Corey. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you start going down the list, and you're just like Denver, no, Detroit, mm-hmm. no, Green Bay. They just brought back brought back Aaron Jones. Uh, Houston, no. Indy, no. Jacksonville, no. Casey, not going to pay for a running back. Although everybody would say that it's a honeypot landing spot again. Yeah. But Casey's not going to pay for a running back. Chargers, no. Rams, they have no money. Las yep. Vegas, I, I mean, I don't really think that that's, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, I think they'd bring back Josh Jacobs before they'd pay additional money to go get Saquon. So, I mean, there's not really many teams that, that need a running back, which I think is really going to limit the places that he could go for the amount of money that he's going to try and command. Almost makes you think, like, I mean, we know that he allegedly at least said no to a deal earlier with the Giants. Um, almost makes you think, I mean, if he doesn't have, I mean, you're right. Like, there's a lot of good landing spots, theoretically, but when you actually think about the implications of, like, what they need to do to get him, it becomes a lot less. And in that case, like it, to me, it seems more likely than anything that he's just going to stay on the giants. To me, I just, I just don't know how exactly they're going to make it work. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I still think that, you know, like you said, the bills would be nice, but money issues. And then the thing I was considering was also the Rams, but again, money issues. So I just, I don't know how feasible it is, um, but very interesting to to think about. Obviously, a, a still a premier RB talent, especially in fantasy, um, is going as like the RB three, I believe right now um, in most drafts. Keep trade cut that kind of thing right behind uh, right behind Bijan and JT, <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, that's something maybe we can get on a little bit, um, not in this show necessarily, but Bijan Robinson being like the number one RB like ranked on a lot of sites right now is just, it's very, very wild to me because you extrapolate it back to like Saquon and like how he was viewed like as a rookie or be- even becoming uh, uh, even just being a draft prospect. Um, he wasn't the number one guy back then. I think he was up there, but I think he was like more towards the bottom of the top five, maybe top six. Um, so we're basically saying, or people are thinking, um, or it's implying that, I don't know, are, are we talking about Bijan as a better prospect than Barkley? That's a tough one. I mean, 
I feel like a couple of years ago, there was that weird trend where everybody just started getting on the running back early bandwagon. And for a few years, they're like, what was it, 16, 17, 18, where all the running backs were going in the first round, like high in the first round. And I think uh, I think a lot of organizations learn like, yeah, we're not really getting anywhere with this. So, um, you know, Bijan, I don't know. Where do you guys think he's going to go? Where do you think he's going to fall in the draft? Like mid first, late first? I think squarely late first for me. I, I do think that there's been some correcting on the NFL team's parts of like not necessarily taking uh, running back super high. I don't think we're ever going to see like a Barkley top five RB pick again. Um, but if we are like, if the consensus is that Bijan is a better prospect, which I'm not saying he is. And I don't know if we can say he is or isn't right now, but if the NFL teams view him as that, I could see him potentially going in like the middle of the first. Um, I think the last one we can really take it back to is like Najee Harris um, or ETN for that matter that were like in the twenties, I believe um, in the, in the last couple of years. So yeah, I mean, I, I still think that Bijan's probably a better prospect than both of those guys. Um, so it is possible. I, I think like a, a 120, 121, 122, like that could be. Um, I still think that it's probably going to be more towards like the last couple of selections in the first. And maybe like one of the playoff teams might be able to get mm-hmm. him. I've yep. never seen the Eagles were mocked to take him in some of those, uh, some of the earlier mocks they were having them like with their first pick. Was yeah. The Saints pick. Oh, well, that, that'd be, that'd be high. But but yeah, that was like very high. Evan and I did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we went over a mock draft that had the Eagles. Uh, well, I guess they technically had the Eagles winning the Super Bowl because they hadn't selected at 32. Uh, but, you know, uh, obviously they have 31 instead. Um, you know, I still think that's a great landing spot that that definitely could happen. I think I think fit wise, the Eagles are the best. I mean, you know, all the talk pre Super Bowl with them was like they are just a well-built team like offense the defense the lines quarterback took a step forward what what a trade for aj brown in the preseason um like everything just clicked for them this year and sanders went from you know last year having a pretty terrible year he had like zero touchdowns and then this year he finished as for fantasy purposes like what a top 12 13 I think he was almost an RB one. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, he was like right around there. I think he had like 11 touchdowns mm-hmm. and it's like, man, just, just imagine letting him walk, getting Bijan in there. I mean, who's to say, you know, either that first pick they have, you know, they, they trade back and collect more assets and take Bijan somewhere in the middle of the first or, you know, their late pick, they trade up, you know, they trade some yeah. other pieces and move up and they keep the high pick and, take him but yeah i I think Bijan there just makes so much sense i i definitely agree i think the eagles are a sweet spot um are is there any spot in your guys opinion i think this is actually kind of interesting to to talk about is there any spot that he could realistically go to that would make him well first of all i guess not the number one rb prospect um to you guys or, or just not number one rb ranked in dynasty um, or do you guys do you guys think that just unilaterally he is, or do you disagree that he is in the first place? So 
overall, I mean, you, you can make the argument based off of age, based off of talent metrics, uh, based off of all the measurables. I mean, he he's, should be up there. Um, I think for me, it's, it's a very clear um, top three that I'm looking at. And then you try and figure out where Bijan slots into it. You're looking, in my opinion, at CMC in San Francisco because of the offensive potential in that offense. You're looking at Saquon wherever he ends up going, um, especially with his revitalization this year. And then you're looking at Brees Hall coming off of injury. So each one of them, you can make an argument, well, CMC may not get the full line share of a workload in San Francisco. uh, Bijan, you know, who knows where he's going to go at this point until we know a team that he's going to be on. Uh, you go into Saquon, he's going to be going into his first year in an offense, potentially with the new offensive coordinator, new coach. Um, and then you go into Brees Hall and he's coming off of an injury. So, I mean, each one of them have warts. Um, so you can make the case, in my opinion, just based off of potential. And as I like to say, hopium, you know, it's a great drug. It's the number one killer of dynasty teams, though. We, uh, we all have that hopium at times, for sure. Um, I mean, saying all of that, I know this is this is very homerism of me, but saying that those three top running backs all have warts. I mean, what do we think about Ken Walker? What are what are his warts? Because uh, he kind of showed out, and it should be his uh, his backfield once again. I think for Evan, I can call it right now. It's it's the lack of targets, right? Yeah, I feel it. I do. I do. I don't know. I I still think there's a chance he can capitalize and he can he can improve that asset of his game. Not to say that it would also have to come with the Hawks, obviously, like gravitating towards a game plan that involves that more, which I can't say they will or won't do. Probably not just historically, but it's, it's interesting. OK, well, yeah. And so I guess the other question, is there any spot that you guys can think of, think of that Bijan could technically go that would be like a downgrade in your opinion? Or is it like a kind of thing where wherever he goes, you're going to be happy with him, maybe happier with some spots than others, but like no wrong answers. Well, I think if he goes to the Patriots, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's I, fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I, yeah. I would not be happy with that. Uh, you know, his first preseason fumble, uh, you know, we wouldn't see him until, uh, <laughs> you know, week 10 of the regular season. Oh God um, forbid. It's a goal line fumble. Oh God. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the talent, you know, with with a lot of these young guys, you know, will will rise. You know, these guys will have their their time in in mini camp and training camp and all of that to really show out for the team. Um, and I think even sometimes too, if there's if it looks like there's somebody in front of them, um, I, I still wouldn't be worried. You know, because you can't always bank on injuries like um, with a. Who was it? Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker or something like that. But I mean, once the genie's out of the bottle with some of these guys, you know, they, they just need a little bit of light to, to show what they can do. I mean, even if the Seahawks do bring back Rashad Penny, I don't think that'd be a bad idea for, for example, but um, you know, he's clearly the backup now to uh, Kenneth Walker. So I think he just needs a little bit of daylight to show what he can do in uh in an offense. Um Granted, the offensive line, you can't undersell that. You know, if he goes to a team that has a pretty terrible offensive line, I would be a little worried uh, about him there. But I, I think that's well said. Like generally, like the the saying has always been, you know, talent over situation. 
right? Like in general, that's a that's an okay um, bar to set for you in Dynasty. Um, and so I, I mostly agree with you. I, I don't think it. I, I don't think there are many places that he could theoretically go, realistically go. Um, that would make me not happy to draft him 101 overall, um, which I will be doing in the Dwarves draft when that comes up. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, uh, you're welcome for that, Corey. <laughs> uh, but you know that was a pretty good trade, which we'll get we'll get into a little bit. But um, do, did you have anything else, Evan? Yeah. So I was going to say one spot that I've seen him mocked previously that I'm not a fan of is Baltimore. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was going to similarly. Yeah, I was going to echo that as well. Um, I agree. Uh, is it mostly the J.K. Dobbins like is still like a pretty good running back? So you're kind of worried about just share in general? 100%. I mean, you look at the last two years and it's just been an absolute committee backfield. I mean, nobody's really taken hold of it. Yeah, J.K. has been injured a little bit. J.K.'s still there. Um you know, will Lamar be there? If Lamar's not there, are they going to put nine in the box? Like, are they just going to creep down and just say, hey, we're going to stop the run, throw on us if you dare type of situation? You know, it just, it screams committee backfield to me. And honestly, as much as I would love it from a football NFL standpoint, I wouldn't love the Eagles taking him as much from a fantasy standpoint because he will have the touchdown upside in that offense. He will have the dynamic offense to play with, but the Eagles have always been for as long as I can remember recently. And, you know, in the last 10 years or so, they've basically been a committee backfield. Um, It's been very tough to have, you know, one bell cow. I mean, they're going to rotate guys in there. I mean, heck Boston Scott was getting, you know, three to six carries a game. Like yeah. it's just going to eat into the workload and you got hurts there. He's going to pull the ball down and run it. You know, they don't check down to the running backs very often. Um, and once again, Lamar's that exact same way where Lamar's just going to run it. Like he's going to see nobody's open and he's just going to take off. He's not going to dump it off to a running back. And that's very true. And in both cases, uh, both landing spots would have to deal with a, a QB like TD vulture for those like rushing goal line touchdowns as well. So something to kind of consider there. I I still think Raven like Eagles definitely still 101 for me. Ravens I think still 101 for me, but like I think you're right where it definitely I'm not excited for it. It's it's unfortunate um to me if that's if that's what ends up happening, but so I also have a conspiracy theory because running backs Oh, do tell. They they always seem to hate me in the draft and they always go places that I never want them to go. So Bijan to Dallas, for whatever reason, it just, it feels like it's in the cards. You're just shooting that out just because it's just so you can say you're right later. They they don't re-sign Pollard. They let him go after the injury or they sign him back relatively cheap on a one-year deal. Let him prove it. Let him go get a big deal afterwards. They move Zeke after the June 1st and save 10 million against the cap. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they just go spend another running back or first round pick on a running back, which Jerry Jones loves. That's Jerry Jones all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So conspiracy theory right there. I said this to a friend the other day. I, I could totally see Dallas doing that, whether it's, you know, they don't want to mess. I mean, as good as Pollard has been with, with his injury, maybe they let him go rehab on somebody else's dime. Um, Maybe they just cut ties with Zeke altogether, knowing that, there's not a lot of options out there for him and they bring in 
you know, some, there's a lot of veteran running backs that are out there too. Um, and I mean, there's like a lot, it's who's like Singletary, Jacobs, um, Monty, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, like they could bring in one of these guys on a cheap ish deal draft Bijan and, you know, just bring in a whole new changing of the guard at running back. Like I could totally see that because I think a couple of years ago when they took CD lamb, um, that was a little unexpected. I feel, uh, I feel like they were, you know, they, they had some pieces in place already. And then, you know, like Evan said, you know, Jerry just had to go get his guy and he got his, uh, he got his guy there. So, and Bijan being staying from Texas, in Texas. You know, uh, yep. Yep. Ditto. I mean, yeah. You know, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign from mm-hmm. uh, Jersey sales, ticket sales. Uh, you can do so much with that. So, and wh- where are they picking? Middle one? 20, 27, 26, 27. Oh, they, they did make Cowboys. it pretty far in the playoffs, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, they, they won their first round game. That, that, that could I, happen then. I, I could see, I could see the Cowboys. Bijan, mm-hmm. so. I think the Texas to Texas corollary is very strong. And and you add in a little sprinkle of Jerry Jones magic in there. Like it that seems very likely to happen. Um that'll be interesting. That that does imply that Pollard, I mean, like you said, Evan, they could bring him back, but I almost hope they don't, especially if they take Bijan. I don't want to do poor Pollard, man. Like if they take Bijan and they keep Pollard, it's like Pollard always has to play this weird second fiddle role, even though he's like really talented. He's a really good running back. That would that would be kind of upsetting. But um okay. Yeah, that's that's good. That that was a that was a nice little exercise there. Um obviously, I mean, hey, only two months away really at this point from the draft, which is very cool. Um, sure we'll get a lot more news leading up to it. But until then, Evan, I want to ask you about this one because I I honestly think this is this is pure smoke, nothing really to it. But AJ Brown comes out and says basically, like, if you don't pay Hertz, send me wherever he goes. Which to me, again, I think this is like AJB, he just does this, right? He's like a he's like a weird Twitter guy. He he always takes it to Twitter and like kind of has like sort of strange things to say do you kind of just you kind of pretty much chalk it up to that is this kind of exciting for you because you think writing writing is on the wall and Hertz will be resigned and AJ Brown AJ Brown has that like loyalty like ingrained to Hertz I mean I, I love the fact that his star wide receiver is in love with him so much as his mm-hmm. quarterback that he's just like yeah if he goes then get rid of me too yeah like that tells me what kind of locker room presence it is. It tells me what kind of person he is. It tells me that people want to be around him. Uh, they're going into the last year of his rookie contract because he was a second round pick. So he only has four years instead of uh, the fifth year option. So he doesn't have the fifth year option for them to go with. So either how he signs him this off season and gives him an extension or he signs him next off season. And I mean, I think everything I've heard is, 45 plus so Mm -hmm. i mean we're talking mahomes value we're talking an entire qb landscape that's getting the market is just completely resetting i mean you got herbert's contract coming up you got burrow's contract coming up i mean the 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 burrow money is gonna be (laughs) as crazy as we think the browns were about the whole deshaun watson thing the browns screwed a whole heck of a lot of teams by giving deshaun oh yeah Like he put a lot of teams in a situation where they have an elite quarterback 
And they're like, well, we want Deshaun money. Like, that's what we want to get paid. And that's a boatload of money. Yeah, people were mad at the uh, the Jaguars for paying Christian Kirk all that money, but uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't compare to what the Browns have done with Watson. Um, no, I, I pretty much totally agree. I do think with the um, maybe not subs- like substantial, but I mean, in a way it is substantial. The threat of AJ Brown, like saying, Hey, you know what? If you don't give this man money, like I'm gone. I think that that is probably one, a clear indication of, of the Eagles intentions. Like, I don't think they are going to have much of a choice other than to sign hurts. Um, but also, yeah, I just, I think it's really cool that there's that loyalty. There's that like friendship between them that is going to have a, a play for hopefully like, I, I hope they both get re-signed and they're both just Eagles for life. When, and you would fully expect based off of the history of Howie Roseman that he would get a deal done this off season. He typically doesn't wait until the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is at the time is going into their free agency off season. Um, typically he'll sign them with one year left in the contract and he'll give them an extension that'll kick in down the road. Mr. Mm-hmm. Cap management himself. Yep. Yep. Sounds right. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that, that's a pretty quick one. Uh, we can move along here. Um, so we basically had like the, the last, in my opinion, like big, massive coach signing here. Um, the new head coach of the Washington commanders, sorry, I mean, offensive coordinator, uh, for the Washington Commanders, Eric Bieniemy, uh, because he's totally not going to be the head coach, right? That's that's not like a scheme or anything. Like they're not going to fire Rivera and let Bieniemy take over. Um, I actually think that is pretty likely to happen. But um, I just want to get general read. I mean, we had a lot of different coach changes, and Evan, I haven't really been able to pick your brain specifically about them. And I don't know if Frank, you have any like anything on like these coaches, any uh any feeling about a, a good or, or worse spot that they've landed to. Um, but yeah, I thought we could take a, a minute or two to talk about these coaches and, and what we've seen. Um, obviously B enemy is like the latest one, but we've had big ones with uh, Frank Reich and the, the Eagles duo splitting up, but yeah, yeah. Just want to get, who do you guys want to talk about first? So you were just talking about the enemy, bringing him up first. Um, I, I, that was the first thing I thought of too. As soon as the uh, commander signed him, it's like, oh, this is uh, this is our insurance for you know when when it's time to move on from Ron Rivera, um, we'll have this guy who's been playing under Andy Reid and with such a great offense and has that kind of pedigree behind him now um, that he's going to come in, kind of learn the system. Um, I I think it's helpful, uh, you know, that he's the OC there and not a head coach, because I think the bigger question is going to be like, what the heck are they going to do at quarterback is Sam Howell? Like, are they serious? Is is it going to be Sam Howell? Like, are they going to sign somebody? Are they going to draft somebody? I think at least you give the enemy the year to kind of play around and figure the system out and see what they're doing with the, the whole two running backs they got, and you know, with, with the offense, I think, uh, I do think the writing's on the wall, though, that he's going to become the uh, the head coach there, and I think I think it's a good fit for him because how long are you going to stay in Kansas City? A lot of people calling it. Why, why is he doing this? Why is it a you know one OC to another OC to arguably a much worse OC position? But you know, 
just look at it for what it is. You know, he's, he's gunning for that head coach job, I think at some point. So doing it without Mahomes, doing it without Andy Reid, um, showing some success. And I think if he could do it with Howell, I think he's, you know, going to have a legit shot at being head coach sooner than later. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's quite the project to take on, but if, if he has confidence that he can make that happen, if they are going with Howell, which is what they said they're going to do, um i mean i almost don't think that i don't even know if it's necessarily the wrong thing to do i mean how many more years are they just gonna like roll out heineke and cross their fingers that he can somehow like make a playoff appearance he just he's he's super okay like heineke can go out there and win games despite his own talents basically um so i don't know i i think they have to have learned by now that they can't just keep rolling him out um maybe they give howell a try man i don't know they he's he's gone through some up and downs in terms of his like draft grade and and what people thought he would be uh coming into the draft and what he ended up uh kind of uh looking like at least so maybe there's some room there to to bring in a guy like the enemy and see if he can sort of put any of the Mahomesian magic into Sam Howell. That'd be, that'd be really uh, interesting to see. You know, Sam, Sam Howell was kind of a badass in college though. I remember mm-hmm. thinking he was going to be drafted a little bit higher than what was he like fourth, fourth round draft pick. But I think, I also think these, some of these teams like, uh, like the commanders and the Colts um, after a couple of years of high hopes, um, Meanwhile, having like these retread quarterbacks, I think they're just, you know, no more Ryan Fitzpatrick's, no more uh, Carson Wentz's, no more, you know, um, uh, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan's, you know, like bring in the new blood. Let's see what they got there. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we'll kind of see that happen uh, with with these teams. And, you know, I think it's probably the smart move. I mean, I, I was going to say from a quarterback perspective, I know Corey and Eric and I were talking in, in our little text chat about that. Like the fact that there's really only seven quarterbacks that you feel confident with um, when you're drafting this year. So we were we were talking about that on, on the side offline. And uh, then you, you start looking at the landscape, uh, the quarterback landscape of the entire NFL. And there's a very big reason why quarterbacks recently have been pushed up so far in the draft and why teams have been willing to reach on quarterbacks, which frankly tells me a whole heck of a lot about last year's class. Uh, The fact that there wasn't many reaches for a quarterback tells me that they were uh, pretty dead set. Those guys weren't really anything special. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's very clear based on where they went in the draft. And then, I mean, all of the drafted quarterbacks like basically got a shot of some semblance um, throughout the course of the year. I guess not Matt Corral because he got injured. Uh, That's unfortunate, but I mean, hope wasn't super high with him anyway, going in like the third round. Um, But I think you're right. And I think what you said in that text chat too, about, I mean, we've just seen basically all the great, quarterbacks from like our years of growing up watching football basically fade away or or retire or otherwise um so i think it is this big uh almost like talent void that we now have of you know all these veteran quarterbacks are are leaving or gone and now we have all these young guys coming in and try to replace them but you know i think it's going to take time for the league to 
fill out um, and find enough QBs of the uh, the like retired vets caliber. Um, so I think we're we're looking at some years here where, like you said, there's going to be the top seven quarterbacks like in you know dynasty fantasy, but it kind of also is like a, a top seven or eight quarterbacks in like real life football. And until we you know get some more drafts and get some more new blood in and give these guys a shot, then it's it's going to stay at seven, eight, and trickle uh, as the years go by. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely have been feeling the uh, take your quarterbacks early, especially in Superflex um, these days. I've actually, I have one draft right now that I'm doing where I have not taken a quarterback and we're in the fourth round. And I feel every time I look at that league, like my throat is closing up and I'm going to have a panic attack because there's no QBs left. Um, so we'll see how that goes for me. I'm looking at drafting like a, like a Jimmy Garoppolo is my QB one right now. So uh, not great. And, and even... Even getting, you know, more so into the the fact that so many of from our generation growing up have, have retired. I mean, you start throwing in names as well. You know, you got Brady just retired. You got Rogers considering retirement. You got Matt Ryan considering retirement. Like, you know, Matt Ryan was a staple for a while on yeah. a lot of teams. Aaron Rodgers was a staple for a while on a lot of fantasy teams. And now you look at him and you're just like, okay, well, cool. And then you have those young quarterbacks that, you know, we thought were going to be something could have potentially been something aren't actually showing out to be something. And it just kind of flops. And then you start narrowing it down and there's questions about some of the elite guys, what's going to happen with them. How's the body going to handle? How's the body going to hold up? I mean, Matt, Ryan, or, uh, Matt Stafford, you know, we've already started to see some of that degrading, Russell Wilson, what happened to him? I mean, Wilson used to be a, a staple of your dynasty teams, your fantasy teams. I mean, you start looking at the decline of that, the unproven talent of Trey Lance, one of my favorites, you know. Eric gives me crap for it all the time. That's fine. I'll keep taking it until I get proven that he's awful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we have Deshaun Watson in the same same situation where it's just like, okay, well, you know, he looked awful the second half of the season. So is he going to be able to return to form? Is Justin Fields' body going to be able to hold up, continuing to run the ball? Is Lamar Jackson going to be able to hold up, continuing to run the ball? So, yeah, a lot of question marks. Yep, I totally feel you. Um, but taking it back a little bit to just the the coach changes, I guess I want to get your read, Evan, unless there's like specifically a, a coach that went to a place that you want to talk to specifically. I kind of want to know how you feel about the Eagles duo splitting up and uh, – Gannon go into uh, the cards and uh, what's his face <laughs> go into the Colts. Steichen. There you go. Yeah. Steichen. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sad about Steichen, honestly. Um, mm. He moved into the offensive play caller role for a large portion of the season. Uh, so I think that is a much, much bigger loss than Gannon. Um, honestly, Gannon got completely outcoached. Um, in the second half, their offense, for the most part, most of the season allowed him to be super aggressive uh, in the second half of games, kind of get after quarterbacks, put pin your ears back and tell your defensive ends and, and defensive linemen basically to just go just pass rush. Don't care about the run. Let them run it. It'll run the clock out. I mean, the Eagles were ahead um, on almost every game this year in the first half. So you throw all of that together. I mean, it makes it a lot easier to play or to, to coach a defense when you're winning and you can get after people. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned about the Gannon 
uh, departure. Um, I think that Arizona coaching staff is an absolute mess that he brought in there. Uh, I think that they are going to be the worst team in the NFL next year. Uh, I guess I'll get out ahead in that and, and say that now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's like a super, super bold take either. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, Seahawks fan here, I hate the cards by default, but it definitely looks like, especially if Kyler is going to take his time in rehab, man, like if they don't have him, uh, <laughs> yeah. Could be looking at a, a 101 selection by the Cardinals in 2024. Cool. And then, like, any any other, like, coaching things you guys want to just quickly bring up before we move on? Oh, I, I was going to bring up um, Kellen Moore to the Chargers. Absolutely love it for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Absolutely love that signing for Justin Herbert. And then the entire Panthers staff. Like, I am just so floored with the entire Panthers staff. Yeah, you mentioned the Panthers earlier. Yeah, do you want to, like, get get me excited? Because, you know, it's hard for me to get excited about the Panthers, just generally speaking. All right, so Frank Reich. I mean, we've all heard his name before. You know, he was a great coach at the Eagles. Um, offensive coordinator, got the head coaching job in Indy. You know, never really had a quarterback to, to work with in Indy. Goes to Carolina now. And he brings in an offensive staff that let's just go over some of these credentials here. All right. Sean Jefferson. All right. He is the father of Van Jefferson. All right. So he's got a son in the NFL that he trained up. He played in the NFL previously. So he played for the Chargers, the Patriots, the Falcons, the Lions. So he's played in the NFL. He knows what it's like to be an NFL player. And then you look at him and he's been a wide receiver coach basically since 2008, 2007. So he's been he's been a wide receivers coach for a very long time. He's been widely regarded as one of the better wide receivers coaches in the entire NFL. He's been an assistant assistant head coach previously. He's been an associate head coach. So he has that secondary head coaching pedigree um, to be able to take over an offense. You get Deuce Staley as your running back coach, which I remember Deuce growing up as an Eagles fan. So I remember watching him with Brian Westbrook for some years there. Yep. Uh, I remember him in that offense, you know, just watching him work with Andy Reid as the coach, having a good old time. And then Philly brought him in, brought him in as a coach. He was with them. He was the assistant head coach for a while when he was in Philly as well, on top of being the running backs coach. And then he was the assistant head coach in Detroit as well. You look at the success that Detroit had running the ball this past year. I mean, that gets me excited for whoever the heck is going to be running the ball in Carolina. So you have that, and then you have uh, James Canton as the offensive line coach, who he's been an offensive line uh, coach since 2006. Wow. And he's had, he's had very good offensive lines. He's worked with the Packers. Uh, he was the associate head coach for the Browns back in 2019. So you throw all that together. I mean, he's been a good uh, – he has a good staff that has assistant head coach, associate head coach – positions and have been coaches in the league for many many years that's a ton of experience that is that is significant um obviously like the playmakers on the panthers is still sort of questionable but if they can like if they can get the qb situated then i think we can expect i mean last year they had some games where they played pretty well um, if they can get a QB to kind of top that off um, with that new revamped coaching, 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Colored me uh, more excited than I was before the pod. That's that's for sure. And then uh, Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator there as well. And he started out as a strength and conditioning coach uh, for colleges. So, you know, he's going to be whipping his offense into shape. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's been mostly a running back coach. So you pair him with Deuce Daly. And it makes me think that they're going to be, you know, a power run type of team. They're going to be a, hey, we're going to shove this ball down your throat um, type of team. And therefore, maybe it pairs well with a certain quarterback that likes to run a whole heck of a lot and is extremely athletic that I would absolutely love to see in Carolina. Who are you? I think I know who you're talking about, but... Are you saying what I think you're saying? Uh, he went to Florida. Oh, you're you're uh, saying an A rich spot, huh? Yeah. Okay. I would okay. love to see Frank Reich with a young quarterback that he can mold. And everybody yeah. craps on Richardson for not being a good passer. But if you actually break down, there was a lot of drops in that Florida offense. There was a lot of passes that should have been fielded in by his wide receivers. Um, he is an elite, elite athlete. At quarterback, I I have been keeping my tabs on on Anthony Richardson ever since we did the mock draft where you uh, suggested he could go to the Hawks, and <laughs> I've been kind of locked into that and just like watching uh, news on him and stuff. And I I have seen a lot more evidence that he could actually be a pretty decent passer. I think people, like you said, are are not giving him as much credit because of like the lack of completion percentage. Um, but that's that's one thing that I think you explained well. It could could have uh reasons in terms of the uh the drops and and that kind of stuff. I also don't think that's where he excels like a ton compared to his rushing, obviously. Um, but I think yeah, go to a situation like that, get get him like a DJ Moore to uh to depend on. Um that that is that is very interesting. Okay, I, I am excited about the Panthers now. You did your job. Thank you, Evan. Uh all right. Um Moving along forward here, uh, we can make this one pretty quick too. Just wanted to give a quick Derek Carr update um, because obviously we're still waiting and seeing what he ends up doing, where he ends up signing, but he he has his pick, um, it seems. And just recently, it sounds like he had a very, very good meeting with the New York Jets, which I said it on last week's pod with Eric. I really believe that that's the choice top spot for pretty much any QB uh, looking for a home right now uh, as a vet. Where else are you going to find a top five RB, a top 10 wide receiver, and a top five defense in the league that needs a QB? To me, it's squarely the Jets. So if they like Derek Carr and he and he can go there and work with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, like, oof, I mean, I think you're really happy holding on to Derek Carr if that becomes his landing spot. What do you, what do you guys like? I, I think Carr's he's probably going to be the first domino to fall. You know, we got Rogers, we got Garoppolo. Um, we got potentially Lamar Jackson. Um, we got all these rookies that teams are considering. I think Carr will be the first because, you know, he's just kind of has his pick of the litter. And I think he would be smart to choose the jets because like you were just saying, they have a pretty good structure in place. They have a decent coaching staff in place. Although, I don't know about Nathaniel Hackett, um, but <laughs> to me, that was just what that's, that's the one carrot we're hanging out for Aaron Rodgers. It didn't work last time. <laughs> Is it going to work this time? So 
Um, but you know, if you're a car and you go to the jets, um, you know, the jets don't have to trade anything to get you. Whereas if you're the jets and it's Aaron Rodgers, you know, what do they have to trade a first plus for him? So the, the team's going to be a little bit gutted there, but you know, they, they can, they can still keep their draft assets. They can take car. You got, you know, great young receivers. Um, you, know, you got Brees Hall, Michael Carter, um, the defense is sound. Look at freaking Sauce Gardner, man. Yeah. Like, what 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 a defense they they're mm-hmm. they're cooking up there. Um, you know, just kind of plug Carr in, uh, see what he does. I don't think he's a world beater quarterback, but I think given the talent and the structure around him, I think he could be a you know for fantasy purposes top fifteen, top twelve. You know, this this coming up year. Yeah, it, it's it's what I've been saying is um like the Jets don't really need an Aaron Rodgers to me. Like I, I don't see them as like, I don't think that's what they ultimately need, especially if they need to give significant capital to go get him. They literally just need a Derek Carr. They need a, a mid fine, accurate quarterback to get the ball into Garrett Wilson's hands and Elijah Moore's hands and Brees Hall's hands and, you know, not lose games for them. If, if, he can just get them into a couple scoring positions and let the defense do the job. I, I still, I definitely stand by that being the best landing spot. And for Carr specifically, I think that that would be a choice job to sign on for. I, I in defense, um, I think I think some of the intangibles though, like if you're if you're the Jets and you're going to consider Aaron Rodgers, you know, bringing him in with his kind of background, his big game ability, I think his arm is still really good um definitely does not have the mobility that he once had but you got to remember if you bring in rogers you're talking about a guy that that has the experience um you know they're going to be playing lots of cold weather games they got some big opponents with the bills with the patriots and even now uh the dolphins uh in their conference there so you know i i do think rogers might bring that kind of you know, intangible um, help to the Jets too. But if you're talking about what they're going to have to spend, if they, you know, if they think they can get Carr and not have to give anything up to get him, I think, I think, I, I do think there's a case for both. So kind of a funny QB situation in general with the Jets, just in terms of they are very much assumed to go and get someone, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr while still having like Mike White, who the fans were clamoring for, and Zach Wilson, who they just took as a number two overall pick <laughs> uh, just a couple of years back um, on their team. So it's just, it's kind of wild that we're here now and that they could potentially be looking at a situation where they have like all three of these guys on their roster. So that's, that's kind of wild, but I, I definitely hear you. I mean, Rogers unlike Carr, has shown that he can win championship games um so that might be attractive for for the jets but yeah something to keep monitoring i think the top two spots are probably still the jets and the saints in terms of like realistic probability for him is does that seem right for Carr, yeah i think so yeah um you know unless lamar gets moved unless he goes to the falcons um you know Carr chooses falcons i don't think though there's much else out there for him what what a blunder that would be by the Ravens. Just want to tack that on to like let Lamar Jackson go. That I, I just think that's a huge drop of the ball. 
in my opinion, but could very well happen. For, I was going to say, for, for the Jets, just something to remember is like most of these teams, I mean, they're basically right at the cap right now uh, with the guys that they have signed. But if they cut C.J. Mosley and Corey Davis, then they have like almost just enough to cover Aaron Rodgers' cap hit for next year. Really? I, I think I think Corey Davis is definitely gone. Those two guys are expensive. Way more expensive than I thought. Yeah, Corey Davis is like eleven million and CJ Mosley <laughs> is like twenty million. That dude got away with theft, Corey Davis, with his number one like he, he has round one draft capital and he, he was like a he was like a top five pick. He was yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's that is actually he highway robberied some some teams, didn't he? <laughs> that's funny um okay well it's talking about jackson and just kind of these other guys that we've mentioned um in terms of like franchise tag stuff uh just kind of run the whole gambit here of the guys that like could potentially get tagged and i just want to get just you know top of your head feelings on if this guy will get tagged or if you guys think that he'll be signed or let go or what have you so I'll run through them first, and then you guys just tell me if there's anyone you want to talk about specifically. But we basically have lined up for us here Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, uh, Dalton Schultz, and Geno Smith as all like the big name franchise taggable guys. I'll come out and say right now, I don't think Geno Smith is getting tagged personally. I, I do think that we'll go ahead and probably throw him a deal um give him another couple of years that's that's kind of how i'm feeling how things are looking um as a hawks fan you know i have mixed feelings about it i think he deserves his shot obviously he he played out of his mind this year uh way 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 exceeded expectations so i think it's fair um to give him you know another couple of years to see what he can do not super excited about it like i don't think it's gonna lead to anything crazy but you know i think it'll be some more fun seahawks football and i like gino as a player i'm happy to have him as my qb so um that's kind of the guy that sticks out for me but i mean we've already kind of talked about barkley already kind of talked about daniel jones what about josh jacobs for you guys because i think it came out that he said he'd play on the tag seems pretty likely he will he will be tagged then i think uh, i think he's gonna stay i think things started out really weird this past year with the the new coaching staff there i don't know if you remember but like the josh jacobs like panic was real i mean he was playing in the hall of fame game like past the halftime and it was like this is not looking good i remember people saying uh zamir white looked better during that game (laughs) and, and freaking out over it and um, you know, congratulations if you ended up getting Josh Jacobs in in startups and redraft uh, leagues for cheap because yeah, man, he's, he's <laughs> had to have been a league winner uh, for a lot of people. Um, but I think um, I I think something clicked there over time, mm-hmm. and um, something tells me he's going to stay. There's there's a lot of other running backs that are going to be looking for homes too. Not just, you know, some of these guys, but like I said, you know, Kareem Hunt, Montgomery, Singletary, you know, Pollard. Dalvin Cook, maybe. Dalvin, uh, Dalvin Cook might even be cut and he's going to be fl- floating out there. So, yeah, you know, if you're uh, if you're Jacobs, it might be the uh, the wise move. You have a role, you have a position, you know, um, maybe there's going to be something there after this year. Yeah, I mean, people got to um, love him there. I'm, I'm sure the fans love him. Just, I mean, how many times he scored 
and like came up clutch. I, I'm I'm sure he's a a fan favorite. Yeah, he's a great guy to root for too. I, yeah, yeah, great like underdog story, story and everything. So yeah, yeah, I think I think I think he's gonna stay put. Um, the one guy that I think is interesting that might be moved is um, yeah, you put Schultz here. Now, did he play on the franchise tag this year already? Mm-hmm. So um, I could see one of the coaches that just left kind of bringing him in with him. Um, you know, maybe maybe the Cowboys move on from Schultz and let him test free agency. Um, I think he could find a home really quickly with the Chargers. Um, you know, Kellen Moore, that sense oh, of Oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. You know, did they cut Everett yet? Not yet, or, but or, or it it seems like it's going to happen. Yeah, I I think that would be a pretty phenomenal pairing. Oh, I I really like that. If if something happens with uh, Keenan Allen too, and mm-hmm. the targets open up for a guy like Schultz, yeah, I mean their their weapons there uh, on the Chargers are swiftly collapsing. Like we're talking about, you know, Keenan Allen came out and he ended up being able to perform decently well after another year of, of dealing with injuries and being out all the time. Mike Williams also can't stay healthy ever. And then Eckler is going to be 28 soon. We all know about (laughs) RBs with heavy wear and tear that get into their 28, 29, 30 year old seasons. I do think Eckler's Eckler's been a little lucky though, because he didn't have as much early um, career wear and tear on him. So I, I would I would still be in on Eckler for for a couple more years here, um, but that offense as a whole, I think I think they're going to be humming next year. So like like we're talking about them re-signing Herbert, right, or giving Herbert an extension. Um, that's the part where I'm uh, like a little sketched out in terms of they they definitely need to add talent to that roster if they're going to keep Herbert around for the next you know four to five years. They need they need to start putting in pieces to start growing with him and working with him and working up that chemistry. Yeah. I don't know what their cap situation is right now, but I do know these teams can get pretty clever with uh, restructuring deals and, and, you know, moving guys off the roster. Yes. Especially Um, in uh, Los Angeles for whatever reason, huh? But it, it did sound like uh, Keenan Allen could be on the way out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike Williams, you never know what you're getting with him. You'll either get 20 yards or 200 yards from him. Yep. My favorite best ball <laughs> player <laughs> of all time. But yeah, if they could, if they could bring in maybe like a DJ Chark or Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, and then, and then a Schultz. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they could be, uh, they could be fun to watch. I like that call. I really do. Um, anyone you want to discuss, Evan? Well, I was just going to bring up, I mean, I think the writing on the writings on the wall for, for Keenan Allen right now, uh, you combine Keenan Allen's hit with um, Gerald Everett, and it basically puts him puts him pretty close to to middle middle ground um, for a wash there. What I would really love to see is Keenan Allen get cut, and then go get Jalen Hyatt. Oh, okay, yeah. In the back half of the first, to be able to stretch the field, because there's been multiple times that if you listen to press conference interviews. There's been multiple times where many, many players in that offense, many receivers have talked about how not having the field stretcher has impacted them and negatively impacted them. Um, You have Palmer still there. You have Mike Williams still there. You add in Jalen Hyatt to try and take the top off the defense. 
Mm-hmm. And if you want to really get honeypot situation, if you throw in Schultz there on top of it, now you have Schultz over the middle, Hyatt taking the top off the defense, Mike Williams working those intermediate routes. I, I like the Hyatt pick. I really so. like the Hyatt pick. That's that's the, your speed. They they don't have that mm-hmm. guy anymore. Yeah, and and I and I like Hyatt as a Deshaun Jackson type of player. That's exactly yeah, that's the comp for me for yeah. sure gonna average 15 yards per per catch um not gonna be a guy that's probably gonna top 110 targets in in any season um maybe he'll do it once in his career you know you're looking for a a big play type of guy i think in college he had like a 20 yard per reception line like actually like his like actually he had 20 yards per reception like that was his average (laughs) which is pretty wild um it came on like not a ton of targets so like there's that but the targets he did get like you said very deshaun jackson like okay yeah i like that call and then you also you also look at the fact that slater's coming back i mean slater was hurt for a large portion i mean he's their pro bowl left tackle for him and he was out for most of the season uh zion johnson took a step forward uh interior guard as well for them uh this past season so that's good to see i mean the defense is still a mess i mean i think it, it is what it is at this it's point it's such a weird team man because i think we talk about this all the time at this point like probably ad nauseum but uh such a good specifically the defense is so good on paper like they've got playmakers everywhere um it's just the weird chargers curse man and probably a little bit of coaching i think that the coaching could probably be better <laughs> um, i'm not a huge believer uh in in the staff there but yeah, it's just you would think with uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Derwin James and all these big name defensive guys, they could put something together. But it it just it looks really, really bad when you watch some of those games and they just miss um, they miss calls. They miss tackles. Just messy. They're like that on to offense, too. You know, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. like Herbert has these great games and it's like, oh, he had one touchdown with like 300 yards or something weird like that like like they should be able to be more consistent and and pack more punch and they just don't they're just weird so yeah i think uh eric likes to refer to it as the chargers curse he's very vocal about their (laughs) he he believes that there's a real (laughs) chargers curse out there which uh, i mean maybe it maybe we should just call it the brandon staley curse but it kind of existed before that even so i don't know if that's entirely accurate but brandon staley just to me doesn't seem like a that he has a place as a head coach, uh, in my opinion, but not for me to say, obviously. He was he was able to fake it until he made it. Um, but I think he bought himself some time though with uh Kellen Moore. So I think he's basically a, a doppelganger for Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> like just oh, two guys God. that just I don't know how they got there. Well, I guess I understand how they got there, but I don't know why people didn't kind of see them for who they really are, which they, they just as a head coach, I, I don't think they are in the right spot. Um, I could, I, I can't keep going on about my Nathaniel Hackett uh, takes because people are accusing me of like this egregious Broncos bias, and I, it's really more about Russ to me. So Nathaniel Hackett, go have fun in New York. I don't, I don't care about you anymore. Um, to me, it's all about just hating on Russ and the Broncos. So, boo, Sean Payton. Uh, okay, well. Moving on from the news, I think that basically covers everything. Like I said, uh, kind of the slower times, obviously. We're a couple weeks removed from 
Super Bowl. So things are just kind of, you know, coals starting to heat up in the grill. But let's move along here because the one thing that I think we kind of gravitated towards when we talked about what we wanted to do on the show was talk a little bit more about the RPG Dwarves um, League because me and Eric came on last up and we, you know, we talked about our teams. We talked about the trade that Evan and I uh, recently got done uh, a little bit, but Evan wasn't here to sort of give his take on that. So yeah, let's, let's get into a little bit. I wanted to start out with just, I mean, Frank, this was kind of your baby. So how, I mean, can you just like, how, how did you get the idea and, and what went into like the development of, of this specific type of like stack draft? I think, I think it's always been the fun thing in fantasy seeing your guy hit, you know, when you're, when you're sitting there watching the games on Sunday, your guy, you know, catches a 60 yard bomb, you get excited. And it's just like, how, how can you like double that excitement? Well, what if, what if you had, you were able to just in one draft pick have the guy throwing it and the guy catching it. So like, how, how could we make a stack league? And that was, that was the challenge, you know, like bringing that excitement, making it into a draft form. And I know best ball has caught on recently in a couple uh last couple of years. And, you know, one of the big strategies of best ball is the stacking, the, the same mm-hmm. team stacking, um, looking for those certain teams in certain weeks. Um, but where I live in Connecticut, uh, the, like the premier best ball um, company underdog, they, it's not allowed in Connecticut. So I was like, all right, well, so much for that. Well, what, what if, what if we had this with like season long, like how, how are we going to do this? And the whole one pick for two players thing, that was a little bit of a challenge, but just trying to, trying to say like, all right, what, what would it look like? Or like who, who would the best combos be? And I think the first year we did the attack of the stacks, I had one of the guys in the league, Kyler, Kyler Durden reach out mm-hmm. to me and say, Hey man, this draft was really fun. Like you got us like thinking differently. And I, pretty sure that year too i picked at the 112 and i was able to get mccaffrey i think i took mccaffrey and dj Moore, but it's just like wow you know Mm -hmm. here's here's a redraft league where mccaffrey lasted until the 12th round because everybody was trying to get their quarterback receiver quarterback receiver so the the values changed a little bit it made you think a little bit um i know when we were doing the the uh the dwarves draft it was like third round and i was like man this is this is so hard making some yeah. of these picks, right? Yeah. Oh my, I, you could go in so many different ways. And uh, ha- hands down the hardest draft I've done, like hands down, like doesn't, doesn't compare the, the dwarves draft specifically dynasty stack league. Like that was the hardest draft I've ever done. And it's just, it's just, it's, I think it's fun because, you know, with fantasy for me, it's always been like, it's, it's a puzzle that you can't solve, but there's, <laughs> there's there's just so much fun in the constant like moving the pieces around like what is the strategy what what works what doesn't work it's like you get a puzzle and you get told to put it all together and in the middle of it you're like almost like getting all the corner pieces set and then someone just kind of like like upturns the table on you and goes nope try again (laughs) yeah there's just different ways to tackle it different ways to strategize and i think with uh with with doing the stacks thing that um, it was going to be a fun, refreshing way to look at doing a draft. You were kind of putting a team, you were, you were building your team a little differently with each pick. You were getting two players. Um, if you don't like your stack, 
uh, it's going to encourage trades. You know, like if you if you got the guy that you wanted, you know, there were, there were certain guys. It was like DJ Moore was like floating around there for a while. It's like, man, I want him, but I don't want anybody. Who else. do you take him with? Yeah, so, exactly. So you know, I'll take DJ Moore, but you know, if I end up taking whoever else on the team and I don't want him, like I'm going to have a reason to to want to trade him. And um, you know, that that was one of the other goals. And then factoring in where we going to do rookies now or we you know wait for the rookies um you know trying to come up with a way where it was going to be fair too um with the third round reversal um mm-hmm. with what the rookie draft was going to be like that took a little bit of a uh, kind of brainstorming and I know me and you were going back and forth on all right if it's third round reversal here should it be the same order um in the next draft and should that be third round reversal again and I think, I think it's all kind of pretty even right now. So, yeah, I I love the way it ended up turning out. I think that I mean, it, in my opinion, like when I was doing it, and then in the post, like thinking about the upcoming rookie draft and everything, I think it was very even. And so I I think that that was like a masterstroke on on your part specifically of making sure that everything made sense and and everyone felt like no matter kind of where they're picking in terms of the vet versus rookie that everything like was fair. I think that it ended up being very fair. It, it feels very fair how things all ended up and everything turned out. So I th- I think that it, it ended up working very, very well, especially for, uh you know, new territory dynasty draft with the stack uh function is, is very, very new. I've, I've never done anything like that before. Um, But it, it, felt great and you know i think we all at the end of it at least this is me and eric's perspective because we talked about it last week we like looked at our teams and we're like man i love like six of my guys (laughs) like so (laughs) so much and then and then there's six guys that i'm like "Uh, i don't know (laughs) i hope so but i don't know uh, but I feel like that's almost everyone's teams. I, I want to get your guys' opinion on that. I don't know how you're feeling about your team specifically, but Eric and I were both like, I think the first like six rounds, I'm super stoked on. Like, I love my stacks. Those those early stacks were really great. Um, but when you get towards those like, you know, nine to 11 picks, it's like, oh boy, this these are pretty much just dart throws. Yeah, I think um, I think for, for me, you know, obviously the, the, the best thing you could have done was to get like an elite quarterback with like the, the a receiver on that team mm-hmm. attached to it. And that was everybody's goal. But for me, as it unfolded and it was like, Oh, I'm going to take Herbert here. I guess I could take Mike Williams. You know, he's been so up, but you know what? Let me just take Eckler. I think he's got a couple of years. And then I ended up going another, uh, you know, quarterback. I think I took Russell Wilson in the second. And I was like, well, I could take, I, I really like Judy, but you know what? Javante Williams, I can't resist. And all the of a value. sudden, and then I got, yeah. I got Alvin Kamara on my team too. I'm like, wait, yeah. I got all these running backs now. Where, where are my receivers? So my strategy <laughs> yeah. uh, was, was all of a sudden like third round. I'm like, all right, I got, I got to start getting some of these receivers. I, I don't think the first receiver I got was uh, Olave with, um, with Camara, knowing that Camara is probably going to have some sort of setback next year. But um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it's just kind of how it unfolded. And now I have all these running backs and um, Deontay Johnson, Olave, and 
um, Jacoby Myers, and that's pretty much it. So I, I I do feel like you know you're you're driving in a like in an economy vehicle at that point with those three guys, but it, I think they'll get the job done, especially with your running back core. Um, those are all guys that I could definitely see like outproduce their ADP. I think Deontay Johnson went through a little bit of a thing where like people were super high on him and then he didn't perform to people's expectations. And now he's like, this always happens with, especially wide receivers. I feel like where if they don't live up to expectations a certain year, then their value is just bottom barrel the following year. And that's where you can really find some good value. Um, But it's funny that you mentioned the wanting to stack the QB with the wide receiver one, because that's exactly what Evan and I did going back to back with the 101, 102. But then I ended up giving my wide receiver one uh, guy away uh, to Evan in a trade that we did, which Evan, I don't know if you want to get into it a little bit, but I definitely want to like put it out there that the the trade that Evan and I were thinking about doing that uh, Eric and I discussed last week where um, I get Drake London and the 101 and Evan gets uh, AJ Brown and the 102, we, we ended up making the trade um that has gone through and uh i'm sitting here i'm feeling still pretty good about it i want to give you kudos evan because i said it on the last pod i don't know if you've listened yet but i basically called you i i I think you're basically my favorite person to get a trade from um and that's not to say that you send me lopsided trades where i feel like i win you send me trades where i am an absolute no and then i think about it for a day and two and three and it ends up becoming a yes and so i just i want to give you kudos there in terms of like you do a really good job at making it very fair and and like challenging um so yeah i i still think that's a great trade what what did you think like going into that and like i assume you were just like aj brown he's a man he's an eagle get him on my team is that kind of how you're feeling yeah so part part of it also comes from league diversity for me um, I already have five 101 shares um, in my 16 leagues right now. So I, I felt okay coming off of Bijan um, or that super, super honeypot landing spot for a quarterback. Um, and I guess the, the thought process for me was, look, I just took a bunch of shotgun shots to quarterback at the very end of that draft. Like, I got, I, look, I, I was counting so hard on Kyler being there at my pick. And then he just wasn't. Yeah, Frank, I wish you could have seen the text that Evan and Eric and I were sending when it was like, oh, Kyler's going to fall to Evan. Evan, are you so stoked? It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going Kyler here for sure. And then uh, Mike from the poor man's pod, go guy, go, uh, <laughs> swiped him like two picks before Evan could get him. Yeah. And then you just see a giant no. <laughs> message to them and it was just yep. like well all right cool and at that point I had to completely change because I mean I was thinking okay like to, in my in my head the way I was working it was okay I'm gonna try and go young enough with everything here that I can absorb Kyler basically being out and playing with one quarterback for the entire first year like just not expecting Kyler to play at all um, and looking at Mike's team I was like oh well, he went Kelsey already, so he's probably going older. He's probably going to try and push the chips in. There's no way he's going to go Kyler since he's going to be out for at least half the year. And then it happened, and I was just like, well, all right, cool. 
that happened. Um, so I was kind of adjusting on the fly. And frankly, part of my pits pick was just to kind of frustrate Eric uh, because I knew I knew how bad he wanted pits in London. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> that's so funny yeah i that's such a spite pick because he told us he told us that he wanted bits and left it so you just you got him on that one for sure well and, and eric knows that i was on pits long before he was on pits mm. I, i'm sure he saw it coming but he was really hoping that you wouldn't do it <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean I, I was the one that brought pits up you know at florida um, bringing him up to Eric. I think I brought him up to you too, Corey, long before many people had heard about mm-hmm. him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've loved Pitts for a very long time. I've been very disappointed um, with how the first two seasons have gone for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at the trade, to me, it was, hey, let's solidify with two top five wide receivers. Like, I know that they're going to be there. I know that they're yeah. two just premium premium assets you know with plenty of years left on them so i don't have to worry about them aging out and then i just tried to backfill with guys that are a combination of upside and i guess production that isn't super high production like terry mclaurin's a perfect example to me like he is a very consistent wide receiver too and then you have Jahan dotson who being a penn state fan i absolutely loved Jahan. i loved Jahan dotson Oh my gosh, it's getting late. Uh, <laughs> Jahan Dotson. Um, so absolutely loved watching him. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I know I brought him up to you and Eric when he was at Minnesota long before people were really talking about him too much um, and just started trying peppering the wide receivers. Um, the entire draft, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to have the one-on-one, so I have Bijan. Like, I don't need to worry about running back. So I'm kind of trying to figure that out right now. I mean, I'm yeah. sitting with the two Eagles running backs and JK, mm-hmm. and I'm just like scratching my head here of how this is going to play out. That was one of the things that I was legitimately concerned about in terms of giving you AJ Brown was, I, and I this I talked about it on the pod with Eric. I was like, I don't know if I can actually stomach Evan having AJ Brown and Jamar Chase. And then Eric was like, okay, can you stomach him having Jamar Chase and Bijan Robinson? And I was like, except trade (laughs) and and for me the big thing was seeing that there's only one required running back Mm -hmm. and in my experience wide receivers have been more uh, they when you break it down to playable games wide receivers tend to have more playable games in a best ball format than running backs do yeah so to me that's what made me just skew to the wide receiver side um, and just kind of load up on wide receivers and just be like, look, I got three running backs. One of the three of them is probably going to fill into that spot. And if not, I still have a bunch of startup picks as well. Um, or I guess secondary startup picks, fill out fill, fill out your team type picks um, to go take some shots at somebody that may be able to give me some kind of production at the running back position. That, that totally makes sense. From, from a, an outside perspective here, Frank, wh- how do you feel about the trade? Um, that was just one of those trades where you you see it, you feel happy for both people. You kind of wish you were in on that somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, I think I remember watching certain teams in Evan, it might've been your team as one of them where it was like, all right, when's he going to get his, uh, 
his other running backs, you know? So um, who who's your second running back? You had, you had um, Burrow and then who was your second? So my, the, the first running back on my team is J.K. Dobbins, and I took him with Bateman. Oh, I, I, I'm then, sorry. I meant, um, I meant quarterback, quarterback. Oh. Quarterback. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> quarterback was just a shotgun shell. Like, uh, as, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as Kyler got taken, I was just like, well, I guess I'm punting until the very end, which is kind of what led to the stacks that I took at the end. Do, I, I did want to take Tannehill. I will say that. But the issue was I was looking at Tannehill and I was like, I'm not 100% that he's going to be the starter for Tennessee next year. I think he's going to be the starter. A starter in general. We're, we're not right. super sure. Right. So my theory on it was, let me just take a bunch of guys that I know are going to be high quality backups or potentially bridge guys that can get me some weeks and just see how it plays out. So at the very end, I had stacks of Heineke and Wentz so you're just like, oh, well, that's gross. All right. <laughs> Throwing money cool. in the crafts table. Like, uh, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> somebody's going to end up in a place like uh, Tampa Bay, though. You know, somebody's going to end up in Arizona playing for half or right. the full year. I could see mm-hmm. a Wentz guy like that. And then Winston and Dalton. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that that made sense for you, you know, being able to get, you know, whichever of the quarterbacks you want. Assuming... Corey takes Bijan. We don't know if he is though. It's a big mystery. Just because he has the one on one doesn't mean he's going to take Bijan. I mean his his team name uh, is <laughs> Dijon for Bijan. So, <laughs> um, yeah, all I that mean, stuff they, you are posted is is that I, uh, his own store, <laughs> his own merchandise? He's starting now. Yeah, he has a line of Dijon mustard, dude. Called it's called Dijon. <laughs> It's called Bijan Mustardson. It's really, I'm sorry. It makes me so happy. Like I did. So that whole thing was, I think I said, uh, Eric was like, I thought you were going to take Mayo boy. I think referring to Will Levis. And I was uh-huh. like, nah, I'd rather have some <laughs> Tijon Robinson. And then I was like, man, I wonder if there's like a, a Photoshop out there that someone's done where it's like Bijan on a bottle of Dijon mustard. And so I typed in like uh, Bijan Robinson, Dijon mustard. And the first thing that pops up is his online store of Bijan Robinson sponsored Dijon mustard. And I was like, well, this is my new favorite player in the league. <laughs> like I'm a big mustard guy, so I'm all over it. Uh, I'm going to buy a, a crate or two and That'll be the RPG contest rewards for the next season and a half. It's just if you win, you get you get a bottle of yeah, you get mustard Dijon. mailed to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, loose loose mustard. Uh, but yeah, no, I you know I think I'll probably be taking Bijan. Uh, yeah, well, who knows? Draft draft is going to be a big uh, picture painter. Uh, we'll see what shakes out there. If there's a QB that gets taken like in the top, you know three picks to a great landing spot. I might have to reconsider. Um, my QBs aren't awesome beyond Hertz. I think I have Hertz and Gino. Yeah, you have two. And I was about to ask you, what, what was the thought process, I guess, on quarterback? Because this draft was one of the hardest, in my opinion, to think about quarterback. Yeah. Because especially being in the front part, you knew you weren't going to get a second, especially since you couldn't trade. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I felt almost positive that i wasn't gonna walk away with a second i guess elite level or even 
top 14 level quarterback um, when I was drafting at the 101. Honestly, it came down to um, I think I got him. I got him uh, 402. Uh, and yeah, I was just I was looking at the available guys there. Uh, I think so. There was Tua there that like I have my concerns with Tua. Um, he's young and I, I think he performed great until he got one too many concussions. And I'm just kind of a big question mark for me personally. Uh, then Mac Jones, who I was just wasn't super interested. Derek Carr, who's not on a team yet. So like, yeah, I kind of felt shaky about it. I look at Geno Smith and I was like, okay, at least I know he's 99% going to be the starter for the Hawks next season. And moreover, I like kind of, you know, zoomed into him a little bit and he was like the QB five with this league settings. Um, so I was like, if he can replicate or get in the same like tier even that he did last year, um, which I think is feasible, then I'm looking at having like two top 10 QBs with Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith. Um, I didn't really take anyone else uh, with the expectation that my 102 was going to be the top QB. Um, obviously, now that I have the 101, <laughs> I have a little bit of flexibility there. But honestly, the the trade also came down to like, I was thinking, okay, I don't know if I necessarily need to trade for the 101 like I want it because I want Bijan but like I also wouldn't hate a third QB on my team but the more and more I thought about it I was like if I have to super flex Bijan or like one of my other guys for a week or so or whatever like I don't hate that either um so I think that's kind of what what drew it over the line for me but yeah I I I, I just really I like the uh idea of Gino if he can even get close to what he did this year then he's going to be a guy that i'm going to be very happy to have a qb2 um with the rest of my squad there so that was kind of my my thought process quick quick final question what do you think the uh the best non-quarterback stack was i know Brees hall and garrett wilson went first but you know i was <sighs> thinking of taking Pitts in london in the middle of the second um you had ken walker um, and DK, DK yeah um what what do you what do you think was the best non QB stats I think from a dynasty standpoint I agree that it was Hall and and Wilson mm-hmm. um I definitely did not think Hall and Wilson were going to go that high um yeah. but I think you can also very much make a conversation for Waddle and Hill I mean two two top 10 wide receivers so. I think that's the I think those are the three for sure. It's hard to get away from my Hawks bias and not say DK Walker, but I do I, I think there's a little credit there because I mean Walker's still really young and he's a top five RB. And DK is also very young. And in my opinion, I, I think I have him over Wilson uh by a few spots in terms of wide receiver ranking. So if I'm talking about like Hall to me is like the RB three or four and Walker is like pretty firmly the RB five. Um, if I can take like the RB five and the wide receiver, like seven over the RB four and like the wide receiver, 10, 11, I think, I think it's Walker DK for me. I, and, and like Hill and Waddle, very good wide receiver duo. I don't know how much I, like the idea of taking two wide receivers from the same team. I just don't know like how many times they're able to both eat 
Um, I know it's best ball, so maybe you care a little less about that. Um, but Hill's also like kind of getting up there. In they age. both had a few games last year, though, where they were both mm-hmm. uh, really blowing up, though, where it was like yeah. a blink, and then all of a sudden Tyreek Hill is at 100. Wait, I thought Waddle was at a, No, they're both at 100 yards. Oh, my God. I, I feel that. I think it might go also back to Tua for me of like if Tua's on the field and he's healthy, then sure. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I see the the appeal there. But with the Tua question mark of like, I don't know. I, I think that it's probably more likely than anything that he plays the rest of his career at like or, you know, the rest of his contract as a Dolphin and is fine. I think that the chances that he's not fine or he gets another concussion and doesn't play football much anymore after that. I, I think that kind of sketched me out a little bit, uh, but I, I do hear you. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Waddle, you're getting two guys that finish like within the top eight. I think I, Hill was like the number three wide receiver, I think. Um, and Waddle wasn't too, too, too far behind him. So um, I get it. But if you're talking about like two guys that fulfill two different positional needs, I think it really does come down to Hall Wilson and, and, walker dk and i don't know call me call me hawks homer i know i am so i i that has to be painting a little bit of the picture here for me but yeah i, I think i'm walker dk yeah i think um i i think i i give a slight edge to the jets guys just because of just because of the youth but like you said you know with the, with the dolphins guys well depends on Tua. depends on i guess you can kind of coin flip it where it's who's who's going to be the quarterback you know Look at the quarterback yeah. for these guys. And, you know, with the Jets, you got the youth and you got the upside, but, you know, who who's going to be leading the charge for them too, so. Like, I don't think there's a – I don't think there's a very high chance at all that Zach Wilson is somehow the QB there, but the fact that it's a non-zero chance is a little scary for me. But, yeah, no, it is close. It's very close. Like, I, I'd be happy with either. Um Certainly. I think I think those are probably the top two for me. So can I flip the script and ask the question of what do you think was the riskiest pick in round one? Because there's two that completely just jump off to me. Um, I'm not sure if it'll line up with yours, Evan, but since you have yours in mind already, I think I'll just throw it out there. And it, this will be kind of a double edged sword kind of thing, because I think the riskiest first round pick for me was probably the Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. looks like you agree um but i also want to just put out there uh because i i want to do this anyway but i think that like two of the strongest teams that i'm looking at right now might be uh might be bc atkins and the irish moss were the two teams that i was kind of looking at where i was like yeah i really like what they like put together but that is in spite of yeah i think the b the bc atkins shout out for you bud the Christian McCaffrey, George Cato, whew, that is bold, buddy. I, I'd love to know, Evan, like your reasoning why. I have my reasoning why. And it's not just 40 anti-49ers bias, but um, yeah, what what do you think about that? Yeah, so looking at the Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, both of them have injury history. So you're taking a double stack that has injury potential. Yeah, on a points per game basis. Yeah, when they play. I mean, it it could be week-to-week winners uh, when they both play. They both play in a great offense. They both play in a prolifically scoring offense. Shanahan is an absolute mastermind of a coach. Um, I think nobody can disagree with that at this point with what he did. Um, But 
I just start scrolling down and I look at it and I go, Jared Goff, okay, solid. Uh, Matthew Stafford, injury problems, back mm-hmm. problems, t- mm-hmm. super tough guy, plays through basically everything. So I, I guess I get a little timid there, but absolutely love, I mean, Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, or uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I mean, great wide receivers to put as your wide receivers there. Um, you have your running back set and CMC, Brian Robinson to fill in when needed. James Conner, maybe he's on Arizona, maybe he's not. Um, but yeah, the the injury risk for me, just looking at a first round pick and also looking at the quarterbacks that were left. I mean, I, I had a I would have had a really hard time not taking Trevor Lawrence as, in my opinion, the mm-hmm. final quarterback that I feel good about of that, you know, y- you've heard me say it, the group of seven. I mean, you have the first three in Burrow, Hurts, Mahomes coming off our board and the stacks here, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert, Lamar, and then Trevor. Like, I think that's that's pretty much it. I think Philly Fresh, uh, shout out to Philly Fresh. I think he he super lucked out at that that 111 spot getting Lawrence and ETN, much to Eric's chagrin. Because uh, another thing that you weren't privy to, Frank, was in the t- text chat with me, Eric, and Evan. Eric was like, dead set he's like i'm gonna get trevor lawrence like oh my god if he falls to me it's gonna be so awesome we get trevor lawrence and etn and then pick right before him philly fresh just swoops him up and breaks his heart it's brutal that must have really changed his uh strategy too because he went with uh two of the non-quarterback stacks back out i was kind of surprised there i was i was thinking everybody was gonna really push their chips in to get the quarterbacks here in the first round so seeing the uh what was it? Three non-quarterback stacks going mm-hmm. the first round. I was I was a little surprised at that. Definitely, yeah. We we were chatting about it. And it definitely sent him into a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, I think Evan and I kind of talked him into Walker DK because it, it wasn't something that was like really on his radar. But once we mentioned it, he was like, "Oh yeah, that that is good." But yeah, no, I I think you're right. Um, the risk factor is there. And I think that risk factor is what like squarely cements. I honestly, like, I want to be- give a big shout out to uh, the Irish Moss, who is uh, a year one RPG leaguer, uh, never been in an RPG league before this year, joined a bunch this year, recruited from uh, Reddit, I believe. I want you guys to to let me know because I'm, I'm hard pressed to not call this team like the scariest team in the league currently. I'll just read down his picks real quick. He has Josh Allen. Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Tua, Isaiah Pacheco, Mike Evans, uh, Chig Okonkwo, you know, Leonard Fournette, Juju, Traylon Burks, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. So he has like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, probably in their last couple years, but still like top 10 guys in terms of like fantasy finish potential. He has Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, again, probably guys that can easily be top 10. Josh Allen, the number one like QB finisher for the last couple of years, Tua and Ryan Tannehill as his like QB two three, which I think is like great to have like in the holster there, like really really good, especially for this league format. And then just like flyer guys, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad Penny, Leonard Fournette, all guys that yeah, if you have them as your RB three four five, like you're set. And then yeah, wide receiver core: Mike Evans, Juju, Traylon Burks, Devonta Adams, Stephon Diggs, like. Yeah, just big shout out. I think the Irish Moss did did a really good job considering this was like everyone's presumably first stack dynasty draft. Um, but certainly I think it was it was their first stack draft in general. So 
came out of the gate swinging. I was really impressed with what they were able to put together. Yeah, I agree. The the team he put together definitely looks like it's going to uh, uh, compete for that top spot this year. Yep. You know, Diggs and Adams being a little older, Mike Evans even still like dude, these guys are still going to put up numbers. So definitely, com- definitely like a little more compete now situation yeah. for them, but um could certainly <laughs> compete now with those guys and he's and he's still gonna have the uh the number five pick to yeah. come come yeah. rookie draft time so that's true maybe at a i mean he's gonna have his his choice of like the you know third or fourth rb um if he wants to take an rb there to add or he could i mean he might even be able to take the number one wide receiver there yeah third or fourth rb there Corey. as the number five i mean i'm thinking Gibbs and and Bijan go one two right. I think you're underselling five. I think five is a shot at Gibbs. Oh, you think so? Okay. I think yeah. I was thinking Gibbs could be like three four possibly. Well, the reason I say that is because you look at the quarterback landscape in the league. Oh yeah. Okay. So they dug into that, but so I mean, I I would assume that BCA is going to take the quarterback. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong side here. I would assume. Donnie's the it's per it's peeps was going to take a quarterback. I would strongly assume that based off of the fact that they have Baker, Mike White, and Trey Lance. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that now. So I would expect that Bijan, you take the top QB, go guy go. Probably, t- I mean, go guy go has to take an RB. He has he has two RBs was, on his roster. I was going to say I th- I think Mike was going to take a, a quarterback. With Kyler being out for half the year, Jacoby oh, Brissett so? may not have a starting job. Yeah. Jarrett Sinna may not have a starting job. So you could be you could be left. Mike's running backs are <laughs> Jamal yeah, Williams and Aaron Jones. <laughs> that's that's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but I guess you only need to start one, technically. Will Levis lands, you know? Yeah, yep. I could see Levis going uh number number four in this, you know, if he's starting for the Colts, you know, in a couple months. So yeah, Moss might be uh landing himself some gibbs that would be i mean i would be stoked i would be super super stoked at gibbs at 105 on that squad like just to add to your rb depth that's already like pretty good albeit like sort of aging watch me go try and sell the 102 to donnie so i'd be like oh go take a quarterback i mean i think that's an excellent business (laughs) perspective there (laughs) yeah not bad move maybe i'll try to sell the 10 nah never mind no, I'm taking B-Shot. You're not going to sell the 101. <laughs> that might be a good ending spot. Just be go. Maybe I'll. Eh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to.
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the end. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to yeah. get into? I think we're good. The the other team that I was looking at, um, which we can leave this out, was Donnie's team. I, I think yeah. it was pretty risky taking Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, especially coming back around with JT and Pittman. Mm-hmm. Having Kirk Cousins as your QB one and not taking another quarterback until Desmond Ritter, um, yeah, that kind of terrifies me from a team building standpoint. Yeah, it's, especially it's, when Herbert was there. It's the hope of of love, like being the guy. Yeah, I have to assume because I, I mean, I don't think anyone's under the uh, assumption that Ritter is gonna keep the falcon starting job i don't i don't like he didn't show enough right unless they really just want another tankier uh, yeah i don't see it um but yeah no i mean i think look i get it in terms of like donnie's perspective he does have like jonathan taylor and justin jefferson on a team mm-hmm. can't go wrong with having both those guys but yeah kirk cousins you're kind of hoping and praying and then uh the rest of your qbs i mean I think you might be onto something with trying to sell them the 102, man. I think you might be able to get a little bit of a treasure chest there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that was, I think that was a great show. I was, I was happy to get like your guys' perspectives on, on the RPG drafts. I only got Eric's and, and my team's kind of like on the table there. So it's interesting. I mean, Frank, you, you didn't go over your team like in too much detail. Did you, did you want to like talk to any of the guys that you selected in any sort of um, like? I, you know, when, when Herbert was there at the seventh pick, there was absolutely no way I could say no to that. Yeah. But like I said, getting getting some of these guys and did, did I necessarily want some of the wide receivers when there's a lot of upside with the running backs too? Um hard man running backs i just they, they have a soft spot in my heart uh where it's uh you know they're they're such a difference maker um mm. and especially with this format where uh you are going to get some added points for um the 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 yardage that you're going to get here so having some of these guys that are pass catching backs like you know hopefully we see javante back uh, earlier than later, but Javante and Tamara and Ramondre and Eckler um, kind of kind of pivoted to the the whole. Even though it's one running back start um, with all the other flexes, I figured that they would probably be filling my flexes. So I just I just kind of continued to go down that rabbit hole, and then um, um, you know, yeah, shout out to uh, Runner for sniping me back. on um, Devonte Smith and Goddard. Uh, I was really hoping uh, for that stack, but he got him right before me. So um, I, I, I felt really offended when he took those guys. But you know, still, still getting Olave and Kamara, I was, I was okay with that. Um, your, your running Matt backs Jones, are definitely on point. Matt, I had a lot, honestly, had a lot of hesitancy with Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, but Superflex, I've uh, best ball. Uh, I've heard some rough I, things about Mac Jones recently that the Patriots might be looking to trade him. I uh, I heard those same rumblings to yeah. uh, to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. I, you know what? I would I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, wouldn't be mad. Um, yeah. but yeah, and you know the other thing that I ended up doing 
when I set this league up is you listen to all these shows talking about the tight end position and how much how much the tight end position uh, a lot of a lot of leagues just don't really value it as much and tight end premium has kind of come on to save the position a little bit um, but with this league I decided to make no no starting tight ends mm-hmm. so that was going to change a lot of draft strategies too where it's like you know, there's it's not necessary that you have to get it but you, you still get premium scoring um, tight ends can be flexed and then we have the two receiving flex positions where it's receiver and tight end so um, allowed for a lot of creativity with the draft I think I think the only yeah. guy I ended up with was uh, Hayden Hurst too. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even remember that. It must have been my last pick, Boyd and Hurst. So I don't even think Hurst is going to be on. I think I think if anybody's going to draft a uh, tight end in the first round, I could see the Bengals taking uh, Mayer or Kincaid or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah. So you know, feasibly, you don't even have to have a tight end on your roster if you want. Right. I, I, I kind of so, went that direction too. The the only tight end I drafted was Evan Ingram. That, that was it. Yeah. Just, just Evan Ingram and I took him with uh Zay Jones, I think, pretty late. Um so yeah, no, I, I definitely felt that. I, I like that definitely in the draft. Just like I don't like drafting tight ends, man. I'm just I'm just not that guy, I think. It's just not for me. It is too volatile and if you don't get the right. top like three or four guys, it's like such a crapshoot. And so I was very appreciative to not like And if you really had, you had to, to do it, it with a staff pick too, so now you're gonna mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to feel pinned in, like, oh, I have to take this guy in order to get a tight end. So it allowed yeah. some flexibility, but also at the same time people could say, you know what, I don't want a quarterback. There's just too much value mm-hmm. with these two other guys and all wait to get a quarterback later just, yeah you know, i don't think it was like stacks, so i don't think it was a bad pick by any means i i'm not trying to say that but that's what i think squarely made me take hurts aj brown over mahomes and kelsey because mahomes and kelsey is the stack like i think objectively that like that's the most valuable like a couple of guys to get but you know kelsey is a pretty old tight end at this point yep. and i don't need a tight end necessarily on my roster and so that's kind of what made the decision a little more uh a little easier for me um but yeah so i yeah. I, I was i was looking at the points per game when when the draft was going on and kelsey has the highest points per game of non-quarterbacks yeah so you you can make that yeah. argument the, the tight the, ends you don't have to start them but you know they're you're leaving right. meat on the bone there you know there's lots yeah. of points to yeah. be had so it's Pick your poison. What you want it? What yeah. you want to do? I, I think that's I think, what ended up being what you and I did, Frank. Is we both took tight ends that were like, whew, I mean, if they can do kind of what they did last year and be serviceable, like they'll be nice little best ball pieces to like get flexed in every once in a while. Uh, with you taking Hurst and me taking Evan Ingram. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the the strategies end up paying out uh, in terms of like. Yeah, we'll see if the people that took the the top three, four tight ends, if, if it ends up paying out for them. And I think the, the other thing that I looked at was the, the wide receivers, which kind of pushed me this direction, is I was pulling up the running back scoring from last season in Sleeper, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, there's only five running backs in the top 20. Hmm. So I started looking at that, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to tell me to try and go heavier on wide receivers. So that was part of the reasoning also why I ended up going heavier on wide receivers. That was also part of my reasoning for trading for the 101. Actually, funny enough, you mentioned it. 
because I did the same thing. I looked at the RB like total scores, and I was like, man, there's not a lot of these guys up here. Um, and if we are all thinking that uh, Bijan Robinson can like pretty much cement himself in that like top five or six guys like in his rookie year, I'm very happy to basically put him in my one RB slot and like set and forget basically every week forever until he stopped playing football anymore. <laughs> um yeah no awesome i again like frag just commends on on that draft man that that was a super fun draft but most fun draft i've had in a really long time i think uh all the rpg boys will agree yeah it was definitely fun uh participating in it like i said it was like round three and i was like man what what are we doing here it was just too too hard to make these picks and yeah, it was fun. You know, it, I think if you, you take something like fantasy football, something that we love, you shake it up a little bit and mm-hmm. we're thinking about it differently. It's uh, it adds a little flavor to the fire here. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm the, glad we had a chance to do it. You know what? And whole... I just got to thank you. I got to thank okay. you for your blessing, letting letting oh, a, yeah. um, you know, this this idea come about and being part of the uh, the, the RPG um family of uh leagues now so uh, i appreciate that i know we were talking about it last year getting it started but it was it was getting kind of late and we were already in so many leagues it yeah. was like all right well if we just save it for next year it gives us another reason to try you know well, there's a lot to work out still like yeah. working out the kinks and stuff so i i appreciated the extra season to get that done um but yeah man happy happy to have you as a part of it um i know that our, I think it was the second to last episode uh, that we like kind of first introduced that we were going to do the Dwarves draft. Um, that's one of our most listened to podcast episodes ever, uh, just to put that out there. And then uh, after that episode aired, I got uh, four different like DMs from people that listened to it that were like, hey, so when's the next like stack dynasty draft happening? Because... Uh, <laughs> I want to get in on that, and I'm like, oh well, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll have to think about an RPG Dwarves two uh, sequel league here in the yeah. coming future. So, yeah, no, it was awesome, man, and and thanks for uh, coming on the podcast, man. I, I loved having you on here and just chatting you up. I I think that it's great to you know bring on other RPG members and just get your guys' perspectives on things and just have conversations. So so thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. I'm, I'd love to do it again anytime. You know, let me know if uh, you want to kick around some more ideas. I would definitely, definitely take you up on that for sure. Um, I've hey, I've Frank, started. Who's your just... NFL team, by the way? The Giants. Giants. Okay. Yeah. Brian Dable getting coach of the year. You got to be pretty happy about that, right? You know, considering the uh, wide receiver room. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I thought at some point they were going to convert Kenny Galladay to tight end or wait, something what, like that. What wide receiver room? Exactly. <laughs> Richie James. <laughs> Isaiah Hodges. Richie James, Isaiah Hodges, baby. Is My that God. the ghost of Kenny Galladay? <laughs> Kenny Galladay died biggest, 20 years ago. Biggest biggest heist in New York uh, sports It's history, the anniversary so. of Kenny Galladay's death. All right. Well, once it start breaking into the weird, funny voices, that's what I know we got to call it. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Corey's hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's my dinner time. 
Uh, so I'll have to let you guys go. But uh, I, I think I've just gravitated to Friday releases for this. That's why I've been able to get out recently. So look forward to uh, getting this out on Friday. I'll let you guys know when it drops. Cool, man. All right. All right. Always great talking to you guys. Yep. All right, fellas. We'll talk to See you ya. next time. Yeah, have a good night. See you next time.